question. Are we really radical or has the world just changed that much? You'll find out on today's Godcast. Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning in to today's Remnant Godcast. Hey, if you found us online and you don't know, we have a podcast show on many of the major podcasting platforms, including Podbean, the iTunes Store, and in Google Play. You can also find us on Listen Notes and uh, rmntnews.com. You can follow us at Twitter at at rmntnews and so many more places. Like I said, Facebook, Remnant News, uh, the page is being censored, but we are in appeals right now, so we're hoping that the page gets uncensored soon through the appeals process, and then we also have at Real Todd Coconado Facebook, which is not currently censored. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, listen, friends, today I want to talk about an important subject that I think is very relevant and timely, and uh, the subject is, you know, something that I personally deal with, and I think you might deal with this too, especially if you stand for the truth and you stand for the Word of God in 2019. People often refer to some of the beliefs that I hold as radical. Now, I will first of all say that I actually hold that as a badge of honor because Jesus himself was considered a radical in his day. So was, of course, the Apostle Paul. He was thrown into jail, prison many times. Um, You know, we can think about John, the same thing. And most of the disciples and the apostles uh, had to suffer greatly for their faith in Jesus and for preaching the word of God and being the early church. And so I find myself in good company, and if you are dealing with persecution and being called a radical, you find yourself in good company too. So don't dismay. But I want to talk about this today because I think it's interesting, especially within the Christian community. Um, And a lot of people that are what I call remnant believers, and by the way, this is the remnant radio program for a reason, Uh, we, we are the remnant, meaning that we are the remnant of the remnant, really, those that want to stand for, will stand for, Uh, you know, unapologizing, you know, unapologetic, standing for the Word of God in 2019, and we're not going to make excuses for it. Now, that's a fine line because people say, well, you know, you're, you're operating in hate, and, you know, you're, you're, you know, basically, you're not politically correct, you know, and so they, they, give you all types of names. In fact, some cases, especially in Canada, I just read a uh, report that a father was like looking at jail time for for, um, pushing back about his kid not being uh, the gender-conformed kid that the colleges and the the high school and the schools up there are trying to push now. I think this is even younger, though, like in elementary school or something, where they're saying, you know, the father is refusing to call the child by the pronoun that the child wants to identify as in this whole gender identification revolution that the left is pushing. So we're in a crazy world. If anything's radical, that's radical. That's ridiculously radical. But you will be called a hater and you will be shunned. And I'm not just talking about, you know, in society in as a whole. I'm talking about in at your workplace. You could lose your job. You could lose, you know, employment. You can uh, face major financial ramifications. And also, even in the Christian community. Now, I have been citing a lot recently the article that said 64% of pastors are afraid to preach the full Bible a lot recently because I think that this is a concern. Uh, to me, it's a major concern um, because that means that a large portion of the pastorate, a large portion of the clergy, 
in America are basically wimps. They're uh, they're 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 wimps. I'm not going to apologize for for calling that name. Now I love you guys, and if you're one of these people, I'm not here to judge or condemn you today. But I think we need to call a spade a spade, you know. And you can call me a wimp if I'm afraid to stand up for the word of God too. And I think there have been a few times in my life where I've been a little bit nervous about taking a strong stance because I knew the opposition and the warfare that would come against me for doing so. But at the same time, I think I made a decision at some point to say, you know what, I'm going to do it no matter what, and I'm going to stand bold and unafraid because I believe this is what we're called to do. And that is what is now deemed a radical. So if you are a parent and your child is in a school, especially here where we are in California, uh, and you say, hey, I don't want my child to you know, identify him or herself as another gender, and I'm the parent, and I think I have the right to, to say that to my child who's under 18, um, you, you could get yourself in trouble. And the laws are quickly changing, and especially in the employment world with HR, um, a lot of companies are really, really weighing in heavily if you call somebody by the wrong gender pronoun, um, you know, if you say something that is considered hateful or intolerant. And a lot of this is, um, you know, Christian morality and biblical values that they're talking about. So uh, I personally have dealt with it a lot, and uh, I've been dealing with it for a long time. But I do think it's really advanced, uh, being a professional, being a businessman, I think it's really advanced in the workplace where this PC culture is now considered the norm. And to be honest with you guys, it really happened during the Obama years. It really did. Um, and a lot of the people on the progressive side will say, well, that was, you know, we, we move forward. That That's progressive. You know, uh, we, we look how far we've come. But the, the reality is, is that uh, it's not going anywhere in, in a good direction. It's, it's going in a direction of, honestly, insanity because it's untrue when it comes to facts and reality. And even scientists agree that there are two genders. And I'm not getting into the gender discussion today, uh, but, you know, just a lot of this PC culture that we're seeing and is being forced upon us is making a regular Bible-believing Christian feel like they are now a radical. So are you being called out for being a radical? Are you being told that you're a radical because you believe marriage is between a man and a woman? Are you being called a radical because you believe that there are two genders? Are you being called a radical because you stand for biblical principles and, and morality? And, you know, people say, well, you know, the, the Christian community has done a really bad job with the gay community. They have made the gay community feel unwelcome, unloved, and uh, a lot of shunning has gone on. And we need to embrace them and show them love. And I will be the first to tell you, I definitely think we need to show love to people living in a homosexual lifestyle. I equate it to this. There are people that are in sin. In my church in particular, there is somebody that's probably committing almost every sin. Uh, and that's you can say that about pretty much every church in America today. Um, hopefully no one's murdering, but you never know, right? Um, but regardless, um, there, there are people that are involved in pornography, that are involved in many addictions. Um, you know, churches happen to be a place where people come to get healing. And healing comes from what? Hearing the word of God. You know, faith comes from hearing. Hearing comes from the word of God. You know, and, and so you get faith, you get healing, um, the Bible says that, you know, by his stripes, we are healed. Uh, the, the son came to set us free and to be free indeed. 
And that is the truth. So we can be free and not only free, but free indeed from a lifestyle of sin and addiction. And that is the full gamut of sin. So we don't single out a particular sin. And I don't want to make anybody in the homosexual community feel like they're being singled out. Uh, because I know that the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned, including myself. So I would just say if you're living the homosexual lifestyle and you are looking for a church, you're welcome to come to my church. You're absolutely welcome. And if anybody gives you a hard time, you come and talk to me. But the truth of the matter is, though, that we're not going to say that, you know, we're only going to call out certain sins. Homosexual lifestyle is a sin, Um, just like uh, living, you know, as an adulterer. That's a sin. Um, somebody who is fornicating, that's a sin. Somebody who is living a lifestyle of addiction and idolatry, that's a sin. Gluttony, that's a sin. So we're all sinners and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But what God wants us to do, and uh, you know, he speaks about this, is to turn from our wicked ways, to turn from the lifestyle of sin and to repent and to you know follow the Lord to the best of our ability. That doesn't mean we're going to be perfect because there is only one perfect person that ever walked this earth and he was fully God and fully man. That's Jesus Christ. But we're going to do our best to live in holiness and purity because sin opens a door in our life and that open door can bring us down. It, it, the wages of sin are death. And so that can bring us down and it can cause many, many problems. In fact, most of our problems are caused when we let areas of sin in our life. But I don't want anybody to feel like their their sin is being called out or they're being zeroed in on, you know. And I think we have work to do there as a Christian community because I do believe that people in the gay community have felt that way. And I also believe those that have had abortions feel that way. And I'm, you know, one of the first to call out both those things. But at the same time, I want to say that if you've had an abortion, come to my church. You're welcome. I'm going to love you and I'm not going to judge you. Okay. And, and again, I say that same thing to anybody who's living a gay lifestyle right now. I'm going to love you and I'm not going to judge you. Okay. And I'm going to pray with you and stand with you for healing just as people have done with me. I had so many issues and I still have issues and God is continuing to heal me and to set me free. And it's not something that happened the day that I just raised my hand in the church. It's taken years And I always say, like, you know, the quote that I heard Billy Graham say one time that, you know, we're always the student until the day that we die. We're always going to be learning. I believe God is always going to be peeling away layers from us. And so don't feel like you are too dirty or evil or anything like that. And if a church or a Christian or a pastor has made you feel that way, I personally want to repent to you today because that's not the way you should feel. I Listen, everybody deals with struggles. If you have a, a sexual lust that you're dealing with, whether it be to same-sex attraction or anything else, you know, uh, some people have attraction to minors, you know, to children. Some people have attraction to cheat out their marriage. Listen, these are real feelings. These are real feelings and, and they're not talked about enough because, you know, the person that's dealing with them, I know a lot of you guys, you know, if you're dealing with these things, you want healing. You want to be living righteous for the Lord. This type of talk makes you want to cry because you feel dirty and you feel ashamed. And I just want you to know you're not, don't be ashamed. Okay. Don't be ashamed and, and don't feel condemned. The Bible says there is therefore no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ. If you've accepted the Lord, and I would highly recommend that you do that because that's the biggest decision that you'll ever make in your life. If you've accepted the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior into your heart, and you said, Lord, I want to serve you, but you're dealing with same-sex attraction, or you're dealing with uh, pornography addiction, or you're dealing with lust of the flesh, don't feel like you're the only one, okay? There are so many people, millions of people, that are dealing with what you're dealing with. So you're not judged and you're not condemned, 
Okay, I'm not here to like point the finger at your sin because I will point it right back at myself. Okay, and I know a lot of people try to act like they're so holy and so mighty, but the truth is, is that anybody that is acting that way is a liar. Okay, I'm sorry, they're fronting. And I remember there used to be a song, ain't no future in your fronting. Never was, cuz. No future in your front. Everybody's a sinner, but some of us have made the decision to try our best to live a righteous lifestyle, to walk away from a sin. And that's a very hard thing to do. And that's why the Lord honors it. See, that's why the Lord honors it. Because I know when I've struggled with addictions and things that the Lord has healed me of, it was something that I enjoyed doing, or it was something that I really liked, or it was a really strong feeling. So it wasn't like I just easily walked away. No, it was a sacrifice and it took time. And it was painful. And then there was times when I fell and I felt so awful. And the, the enemy pointed his finger at me and said, ah, look at you. I remember one time when I had already accepted the Lord and I was in Vegas for work. And, you know, I was I was in the industry and there was, a, you know, an awesome Dolce & Gabbana party. And I actually had a, a really cool Dolce & Gabbana shirt that I went out and bought. I had, you know, big muscles at the time. I felt really good about myself. And I went to that party and, you know, I, I drank and I was a Christian, okay, a quote unquote Christian. I had already accepted the Lord in my heart and I drank and I drank and I came home to Caesar's Palace where I was sleeping that night. And that's a hotel, by the way. <laughs> and I actually had an encounter with a demon. And I know that sounds crazy, but a demon, I saw literally, physically, I saw a demonic being and the being laughed at me and said, look at you, ha, 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 you think you're a Christian, ha, ha, ha. Now, give it, I was intoxicated, but I had experiences like this in my life. I don't know if you ever had experiences like that, but I've had these kinds of experiences. That's why I know the battle is real. That's why I know there's a battle between light and darkness. I know there's a true battle. And if you don't know this, then let me let you know it's true. When I got stabbed nine times, and let me go into my whole testimony here, you know, I felt the presence of God. Why do I live the way I do? Because I know God is real. So the demonic is real. The battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against strongholds and principalities, things in the demonic realm. So if you're dealing with an addiction or you're dealing with a feeling and the Bible says that that feeling is sin, then this is why you're having a hard time because there's a, a battle for your soul. There's a battle for your mind. There's a battle for your life and your eternity. And that battle is not simple. If there's some pastor somewhere that's told you it's so easy and you're going to live your best life now and it's all so simple and everything's so great, and the minute you accept Jesus, it's going to be so easy. That's a lie. It's a false teaching. It's not true. Because the reality is when you step into the life and the light of Jesus, you step out of darkness and you receive him as your Lord and Savior, that's really the beginning of a major battle for your soul. The enemy is mad because he sees that you've stepped into the light. So understand, you're going to be called radical. You're going to be called all kinds of names because when you're a true believer in Jesus, that's when the warfare starts. That's when the warfare starts. People don't even want to acknowledge that there's warfare. You say, well, what is warfare? That's a, that's a good question. What is warfare? It's a spiritual battle. It's a battle that you are engaged in for your soul and your future and those around you and those that you contend for and those that you love in your life. It could be your family, your children, your spouse, those that, that are friends with you, you know, people at your work, your boss. The spiritual battle is real, friends. It's a real battle. And so it's no dink. It's no coincidence that people are calling you radical for standing for the word of God because they want the, the weak sauce people. They want the people that are weak sauce people, the people that don't stand for anything and yet claim to be Christians. Well, what is a Christian? What is a Christian? It's a Christian. What does that mean? Follower of Christ. Well, what are Christ's teachings? 
Again, I'm not here to beat you over the head with the Bible. That's not my job. My job is to show you the love of Christ. My job is not to beat you over the head with the Bible. That's why I don't like that. When people make you feel so judged or condemned that you only want to step into their church. That's ridiculous. Listen, as long as you're in your sinful lifestyle, you are still welcome at my church. I'm not going to tell you to leave. I'm not going to tell you you're not welcome. Come, come and, and experience the presence of God and listen to the word because faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. You have to hear the word of God. So come and get faith. And when you get faith and you receive faith and you start having this abundant life in Jesus, because there is an abundance, it's just not what the faith prosperity teachers teach. Not that kind of abundance. That doesn't mean that you won't be blessed. I've been blessed. You know, we live a very good life. I mean, it's not like, you know, insane where we're driving around in jets and stuff like that. I don't want that kind of life, okay? You know, having our own limos and, and jets and, you know, mansions. We're not living like that. We're not going to live like that. Even if the ministry grows so much, you know, that we have that type of money, it's going to go right back to the people because that's just not the way that we're called to live. I find that very, you know, abusive of, uh, you know, that's, that's you know, listen, if you live, you, you stack up your treasures here on earth, you're not going to have them in heaven. You want to stack your treasures in heaven, not here on earth. So, I don't find that to be a helpful way to live. If a pastor has become super successful and they're getting millions of dollars, well, that means the Lord has availed millions of dollars to your ministry to do something very powerful in this hour. So live the way you need to live in a way that you can live moderately, you can live comfortably. But if you're starting to buy mansions and and airports and airplanes and you're living like a celebrity, you're doing something wrong. Okay, that's wrong. That's abuse. And those funds that people have entrusted you with, they're never intended to be used that way. So if you're following a pastor like that and they're telling you this is how it should be, he's stacking, she's stacking her goods up here on earth, not in heaven. They're not stacking treasures in heaven. The Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to the things of this world. Don't make idols. There shall be no idols before God. The Lord thy God is one God. Now I got to take a break for a second. I've been preaching, right? preaching. But listen, you're going to be called a radical. You're going to be called a radical and just accept it and be okay with it. Don't even let it bother you. Because if you're being called a radical, like I said in the beginning, I look at it as a badge of honor. It is a badge of honor. Yes, stand tall. I am radical for Jesus. You're going to be called more of a radical as the hour gets later because they're going to call Christianity antiquated. They're going to try to use science to debunk Christianity. They're going to try to say that it's all just old myths and imaginary friends and all the words that they love to use. I saw a Time uh, Magazine article today that was like trying to explain morality and where does morality come from and is it science? It's the science of morality. No, morality comes from the, the word of God defines morality. God has defined it in his word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh. Jesus is the word of God and the word of God has established its truth. So we don't need science to tell us what's moral, okay? When you start doing that, that's a slippery slope because you'll go into all the lusts of the flesh. You'll go into all the things that feel good. And there's a fake version of, of goodness. It's it's unbiblical goodness. It's the world's standard of politically correct goodness. And that's inclusive, you know, including all these fake things, these, these lies that they're trying to tell you, they're trying to push on you at your work, at your workplace. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Friends, don't buy it. Don't buy it. It may cost you your job. It may cost you everything, but stand for the truth. And in the end, the Lord is going to sustain you. He's going to give you manna from heaven. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. He will lift you up. You say, well, you don't understand my life. 
I've suffered tremendously for the word of God. You don't understand. I've been praying for a spouse for years. God hasn't answered my prayer. You know, I've been praying for our finances for years. God hasn't answered my prayer. I understand your situation, friend. Trust me, we've been praying for things for a long time too, and some of those things haven't been answered. I understand. I understand, I understand, I understand. But do not fret and do not grow weary in doing good because if you're standing for truth and you're doing it in the biblical way and you're doing it in the right way, not by being mean or angry or mean-spirited or you know judging and condemning everybody around you, but you're doing it in showing Christ's love and in going out and preaching the full gospel of Jesus and again, doing it in Christ's love, but, you know, and, and people get into that whole judgment thing, you know, where they say, well, you, couldn't, you can't judge. It's the Bible says do not judge. Well, the Bible does say do not judge people in the world, but it doesn't say do not judge people in Christ because we can be mentors and we can be elders and we can be people that bring correction in a loving manner to the brethren. In fact, that's what we're supposed to do. His love brings correction, honestly. His spirit brings correction. So, you know, we do it in a loving way, but we don't ever beat people over the head with it because that's just the wrong approach. It's never going to ever win somebody, I, I don't think. I mean, when people have, you know, try to beat me over the head with the Bible, it's just never worked. It's never worked. What, what worked for me is the love. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance, right? It's his faithfulness that leads us to repentance. But you're going to be called a radical. I just want to get that, you know, point across today. Radical. I'm not radical. Listen, people that call me radical, I'm sorry you think that. I'm standing for the word of God. That's not radical. I guess it is radical. I mean, in a good way. But the truth of the matter is, it's not anything crazy. We're not standing for anything crazy. People try to throw around these things. Well, you know, conspiracies and, you know, radical. And, you know, they want to make you feel like you're an outcast. Well, guess what? That's how they made Jesus himself feel. Now, luckily, Jesus didn't succumb to the sin. He didn't succumb to the pressure. You know, even when the enemy tried to offer him all the kingdoms in the world, because the enemy has that authority to do so. He's the prince of the power air here on the earth. He owns these things. These are his things. That's why we don't want these things. We're in the world, but we're not of it. You know, we're, we're not of the world. We're not of the, the things of this world. Give unto Caesar what Caesar. That's all good. Do it. But we, we stack our treasures up in heaven. We stack our identity in heaven. Our identity is in Jesus Christ. That's who we are. We're filled with this Holy Spirit. We're filled with this love. When we walk into the room, we can change the atmosphere with the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God that lives inside us. The atmosphere is changed. Wow. Well, of course people are going to call you radical. If they don't have that, that anointing, they don't have that mantle, and they're wondering what just happened. You walked in the room and everything just shifted. What happened? You've been spending time in prayer. You've been spending time in the word of God. You have authority. The demons know your name. Of course, when you walk in the room, it's shifted. And they're going to call you radical because they don't know what that feeling is. They haven't experienced it because a lot of the modern church today is dead. Why is it dead? Because there's no authority. Why? Because there are 64% of the pastors are afraid to even preach the full gospel. Well, no wonder there's no authority. I know I get crazy sometimes. I guess I am radical, aren't I? <laughs> I guess I am a little radical, but I'm radically saved. I'm radically on fire for Jesus. I wear it I wear it boldly. I wear it, you know, proudly because I, I know that he's changed my life. He has renewed my mind. He has given me a purpose for living. He has given me joy unspeakable. And I'm so thankful for what he's done. I'm so thankful that, you know what, call me a radical. That's awesome. Then I stand in, in, in the, in the, in the, you know, like in communion with the best people that ever lived. I stand with, with a great group of people, right? I mean, I got good company around me, if that's the truth, because Jesus himself was considered radical.
Are you called a radical? And have you been wearing it as, as something like it's disgraceful instead of a badge of honor? Don't do that. Don't do that. Be, be encouraged today, friend, because Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is in you. And you're representing him. You're standing for him. Listen, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, and you felt something, you you listen, I'm going to tell you right now, on my best day of speaking, on my best podcast, on the best day ever, it doesn't matter because I don't have the power to make you feel that way. What you feel is the presence of the living God. What you feel is an anointing of the Holy Spirit. And that anointing is is, is in this room right now to set you free. The Bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed. It doesn't matter what your addiction is. It doesn't matter what feeling feels so strong. If you have that same-sex attraction, you're not judged or condemned today. Friend, I love you, but guess what? Jesus loves you even more. If you have an addiction problem, you've been an alcoholic for so long, and that's been your identity. I'm, I'm here to tell you, step out of that identity today. That is not who you were created to be. That is not who you were created to be. If you've been dealing with a struggle in your marriage and you don't know how to contend, I'm going to tell you right now, get on the, the, the threshing floor and start worshiping the Lord and contending in the spirit and in the supernatural, in, in spiritual warfare and prayer and saying, Lord, I stand in the name of Jesus for this marriage. Lord, you're going to heal it. You're going to do a powerful thing, a mighty thing. How do I know that works? Because I've seen hundreds of couples that have done that. It works. God is here to set the captive free. There is an anointing, and that anointing comes from the Holy Spirit of the living God. Where does a badge of honor if people are calling you radical? And if you have to stand for Jesus, if you're not, listen, I didn't even do anything at my work. I literally just posted a couple things online like I do. I did the things that I normally do, but at work, I didn't really bother anybody with my faith. I didn't you know, do anything radical at work. I was just being me, happy, filled with the Holy Spirit, anointed. People couldn't handle it. People were like hating me just because of that. I mean, just because of who I am, just because I'm a Christian. People are going to hate you just because you're a Christian. They're going to plot against you. They're going to try to you know, backstab you. Sometimes they're going to try to take away your job, take away your things. Just keep standing. Just keep standing. Just keep standing. Don't give up. Don't give up, friends. Don't give up. Never give up. Never give up. Know that God is with you. He is with you. He's on your side, and there is no better thing than having the God of heaven and earth on your side. That's the God that we need. That's the power that we need behind us. Jesus is that power. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Remnant Godcast. We love you and we bless you in the name of Jesus. Jesus.